She is the CEO of DeBanks and a new company called Sports to Suits. Amanda Banks has competed in high-level gymnastics, ran a small business selling gymnastics apparel, and now helps other elite athletes transition from sports to the business world. She has secured strategic partnerships to enable her to provide education, create opportunities, and help athletes find purpose outside of sports. Welcome, Amanda. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie, for having me. I am a super fan of yours. Thank you for having me on the show. Might I know that we are both wearing our preferred team jerseys today? <laughs> Nashville and Boston. <laughs> I love the Predators. Debbie, I mean, I'm just a sports fan in general, but if I'm in Nashville, then I've got to cheer on the local team. Uh, we have two teams here, but I'm still a Bruins fan. I was a Bruins fan at the beginning. I'll be a Bruins fan at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your athletic career. Give us a sense of how much sacrifice <clears throat> goes into training. Yeah, I was a high-level competitive gymnast. The gymnastics community, typically gymnasts peak a little bit younger than a traditional NBA or NFL football player. I started gymnastics really young. I was immediately passionate about the sport and was all in. I quickly grew through the levels in gymnastics. I was a level 10 gymnast at 10 and competed in the sport until around 11 or 12-ish. Then burnout. I went back and forth a couple of times to try to get back in the sport, but at this time, I coach one day a week. Gymnastics has always been a passion of mine, but some of the sacrifices are, I mean, substantial. It's like any other athlete, especially as a young kid. If you're training as a young kid, then you you lose out on a lot of the social aspect of just developmental being around other kids, aside from just being with your school peers or your team peers. But it was something I was passionate about and absolutely loved. The sacrifices were worth it. So how, excuse me, how far do you, go like age-wise how and how far did you go in competition yeah in gymnastics and the scoring mechanisms are a little bit different now there's some excel levels but typically you see levels two through ten and then you go uh, to junior senior elite the senior elite is what you see as far as you know what simone biles competes i went to level 10 10 years old i peaked really young i, I grew through the levels i was a pretty physically gifted and so that's what you typically see and then obviously you see college gymnast as well typically junior elite gymnasts are either younger because there's some age limitations around when you can compete um in the Olympics per se, and they're either younger training or they're going from junior to senior elite. And that's the, that's the path. How old were you when you finished your competing? Yeah, around 12, 13 ish. I went back and forth. I remember I was a little bit older. I was still, once again, I was still very physically gifted in the sport. So I went back and I tried to get back into it, but I just, Debbie, I'm sure that you've seen this before. Once you get a taste of freedom, <laughs> <laughs> and once you get a taste of freedom, it's really hard to get back into the discipline around training as a professional athlete again. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you're out of it, do you miss it though? Don't you, it's hard to kind of replace it. If this has been, it's tough, tough for this kind of sport, because you look at the other sports, the other uh, professional sports, and they get to play it till 30 40 but you have it's like ballet you have a very short career 
Yeah. You know, for me, I went back and forth a couple times to get back into the sport. Gymnastics, when I transitioned out, I was dealing with a lot at home. I had a lot of challenges going on in my home life. I, my parents were going through a rough divorce. So gymnastics became kind of a messy thing for me for a little while. But over the course of just my years, I've, I've gone into coaching and back and forth with coaching. And I've always working as a distributor for GK Elite, an independent distributor. I was helping teams uniform their teams. And once you kind of once you're in that community, regardless of what sport it is, it's just, it, it's, it's a, a piece of your heart. I've always been passionate around gymnastics and cheering everybody on. I still watch all of the collegiate level. I try to watch as many collegiate level competitions or professional elite level competitions as I can. It's always just a part of you. Because you're so young when you, when you leave the sport, are there resources for you? I know some of the pro leagues have resources for players, albeit limited, but is there, was there anything or is this, so, oh, see ya, don't yeah. go back. Well, I didn't compete at an elite level. I don't know what that landscape looks like as far as now is concerned. I do know I competed, I'm, it's been a little while, I'll age myself if I go into some of the details, but it wasn't really talked about. There was a lot of, a lot of pressure around quitting. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure around quitting, especially as a young kid. But as far as resources are concerned, I, I don't know what the elite levels, what that looks like. But as far as I, I was young, I was, it, it, we didn't have a whole lot, nor was there a lot of talk about what it looked like outside of the sport. So it's basically you quit, you move on, and you try to figure out what that looks like. Haven't you found that there is similarity with that? It's similar with some of the pro leagues. They do have some limited resources, but doesn't it come up to the agents? Isn't it up to the agents to provide those resources for the players more than the, the league and the teams? This is a little bit of... I think everybody's responsible for their own success, whether it's in sports, whether it's outside of the sport. And yes, I mean, there's resources that are being provided. Are they making substantial impact? I just, I think it depends on the individual person. We are seeing in this athletic community, in this market, where people are starting to look at things like mental health and well-being. How do we provide sustainable solutions, not just in the sport, but also outside of the sport? I think that the landscape's changing a little, specifically right now with a lot of the athletes coming forth with mental health concerns or voicing their challenges around financial literacy and things to that nature. I think we're in this really um, interesting phase in the athletic community where some of the resources have been provided, but some of them are not working. What do we need to do to kind of shift that to provide resources that are sustainable solutions? There is an aspect of when you transition out of athletics, regardless of what level you're at, there is this process you go through mentally and, and trying to figure out what to do next. You were already out by the time you were ready to work probably what was your expectations of finding work that could compare to what it felt like to compete there wasn't really a lot of guidance or direction just like any other teenager you find ways to earn money i've done crazy jobs like i worked at taco bell at 15. but i think that the closest thing that being part of a team i've always enjoyed Working with other people, I worked in the hospital for a little bit and I really enjoyed taking care of other people. What did that environment look like? But it's, throughout your career, you can take bits and pieces of the passion that you share for sports into 
business. I will say as far as sports are concerned, that's why people still go to their high school football games. <laughs> people are uber passionate about their teams and about sports as a whole. It's something that all of us can just kind of band together and support and cheer on. For me, it's anything that's team-based is something that I thrive in. Yeah, you can certainly see that. Well, college football, that <laughs> is so huge. It's, it's bigger than the NFL in some respects. <laughs> People get really serious about, <laughs> about that college football. I lived in Knoxville for quite some time and the University of Tennessee was pretty much right across the street from the hospital I worked at. And those fans are committed. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the way to describe it is they are just committed all the way around. That's not just the people that attend the colleges. That's the alumni. I know that there's a Iowa alumni that's a friend of mine through Facebook and Every Saturday, he is crazy on there for, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of him not wearing his Hawkeye jersey. <laughs> but it's a really cool thing because it everybody can cheer on a team and support each other, regardless of what the differences are, right? Like it's people just getting together, having a great time, cheering on other people. There's something to be said about that. Let's take a look at... Um break down some of the aspects of athletics and you tell us how they apply to business. When you look at how athletes adapt to the professional game from college, say, how does that mindset apply to business? Yeah, that's a great question. I was talking to an athlete right now that I was actually talking to him yesterday and he's, he's training to go into arena football. He's been trying to get in the NFL for a while and I believe that if you carry that same level of discipline and structure and routine into your business life, you'll outperform a lot of people because athletes have this like just grit. It's a, it's a gritty nature to them. They're very much structured around goals and outcomes already. It's just ingrained in who, who their being is. For example, my background is, is healthcare and enterprise sales. If when I figured out how to apply that level of grittiness into my career selling, <laughs> once I figured out kind of how to, how to transition that over, it was powerful. I'm willing to put in the phone calls. I'm willing to do the hard work to get to the big outcome. I think that a lot of people are interested in like, I guess, instant gratification. And for <laughs> me, like it's a long game play. It's what do I need to do? to carry just this routine to outperform or outlast maybe people I'm competing against that I'm able to hit the bigger goals. What about the little things athletes do to stay in the game? How can that translate to business? That kind of, it's just the reps, right? It's like when yeah. you're in the gym and you've got the reps going, it's the same thing in business. You have to put forth the reps. If you don't put forth the reps, you can't expect the outcome that you're that you're looking for. Those are the little things. I think that that's where athletes really have all, almost a leg up is they're used to doing the little things for a long-term basis to see the the results that they're looking for and it's the same in business. How about uncertainty and zero job protection? That is certainly an aspect of athletics. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a high risk. My business partner is an economist and we talk about this often. It's a high risk job, but anytime you have the ability to be there and it's, it could be over sometimes due to injury or just due to retirement, but also due to it being a high risk occupation. 
you've got to just kind of think through some of that stuff in corporate. There are high risk roles, right? You know, there is job turnover. There are things that happen, but it is sports is a high risk career. Let's talk about the role players in, in business and, and in sport. What do you mean by role players? Like role players would be like your fourth line hockey players. Yeah. Like starting entry level. <laughs> Everybody in business, like Debbie, you had to start entry level at some point. I had to start many times, level. actually. Many times. <laughs> we just launched Sports to Suits late last year. That's a new company. You have to look at it from a ground up perspective, regardless of where you are. And I, I've talked about this a little bit before. I always look at learning all the time, regardless of where I'm at in my career. I actually enjoy starting from the fourth line <laughs> in different things because it pushes you to continue to, to learn and grow. I think a lot of people, especially athletes are conditioned to win, 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 always be the best, always focus on perfection and excellence. Well, in business, if you want to get there, you have to put forth the reps. You weren't six years old when you went into business and now at 20, you're the best, right? Like it's, it's the same type of methodology. And you have your impact players, which would be your second or third line or your slot backs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still learning. Everybody is still learning and growing. For me, I am always excited to be around people that have seen more success than me. And I don't just mean financial success. That's part of it. But I also mean they are, they have achieved something that I am looking to achieve. That second line, you're still trying to get up to that, that, that position of like the highest level position. Well, it's the same thing in business. If you're in an, a middle management role, or if you're, you've got to strive to have the outcome that you're looking for. Yeah. Just to give an example from hockey and Sorry, he's not a predator, but and he's, and he's the most hated guy in the league is Brad Marchand, who I love dearly, but he is an impact player. He's on the first line now, but even if he isn't on the first line, he's an impact player because he gets the other team off guard. He's always setting up the plays. He doesn't necessarily have to score himself, but he does the stuff behind the scenes that rattles the other team and gives his team the advantage. So I know you've got a predator like that as well. <laughs> well, it happens there, especially in corporate, you've got, there's some of that rattling going on. And I do think that athletes have a really good ability to just keep their head in the game. They don't let a lot of things get to them. Some players do I'm not saying every player, <laughs> some players are more emotional than others, but they do have a good an ability to keep their head in the game and stay focused. So for me, if I have a clear and defined goal with all of this other stuff going on, I stay focused. And I think that's a superpower of an athlete too. But you look at coaches deciding on players and the planning that goes into forming a team. Well, that's your boss at the, at the office too. The success of a team rises and falls on the management and the coaches, the same can be said in business, right? I'm in a leadership role for the company that we launched, right? And so it's my responsibility to set the tone 
and to follow through on all of those goals and follow through with what we say that we're going to do. I also believe that toxicity does not belong in a business setting period. I have a firm belief and stance in that. How can we lead with joy? How can we lead with compassion? How can we lead with everybody pushing in the same direction, but from this mentality of we're working on impact work. We're working on things to truly make substantial difference in a community. We all have to be very strong and joyful and enjoy what we're doing to get to that goal because it's hard work. Excuse me. In your webcast, you talk about transitioning athletes into the business world. What do you see as their biggest challenge? That's a, I get asked this a lot. And it's this a loaded is a, question. <laughs> it, well, it's a loaded question because I think that the more and more we talk, a lot of people do not have, they're not prepared. They're not prepared educational wise. They're not prepared with a clear and concise path or direction on where to go outside the sport. Mentally, they're not prepared. They focused 120% of their energy and effort on the mindset of the sport, but not given consideration to what that looks like in their next phase. So I see a lot of challenges just around being prepared and not being prepared. I actually can relate to that in the way coming out of high school, going to college wasn't an option. I don't really know a lot of people that went to college in my neighborhood. So you had to get a job when you came out of high school. At that time, you didn't know what you wanted to do. You were asking grade nine what kind of career you wanted. Well, what do you know in grade nine? I think you can kind of relate it like that. Just a kid coming out of high school who doesn't have the affordability or, or ability to go to college, but uh, doesn't know what to do. I think that. Well, yeah. And a lot of these people come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. They don't necessarily have the resources at home to support. There's a lot of challenges around the underserved communities and how do we how do we change the landscape and workforce development specifically? Once again, I'm my business partner is she's specialized in workforce and economic development for over 20 years. That's her whole career is is that specific aspect. When you look and dive into the data, it's alarming. And it's also fundamentally workforce development has to change. We're changing right now the way that people conduct work or the way, I mean, everything's remote. The, the landscape of business is changing. And you've got to really look at things from a macro perspective on how do we make substantial change? It's not just the athletic community, as you mentioned, it's also kids coming out of high school or veterans or whoever it may be, there's substantial needs in the space of, of workforce development. I think that is a huge topic to be discussed even further down the road, because when you look at every single job application, you've got to have a university degree. A lot of times you don't really need a degree to do that job, especially if you've been doing that job for 10 years. But for an athlete coming out of, say, the NHL, I'd say probably most of them don't have a degree because junior hockey was their college. You've got a set of athletes that don't have careers. Like you say, they're veterans. They do get schooling in the services, I guess, but it is an issue when there's, that is why nobody ever gets a job because <laughs> they don't check every box. <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities. So that's kind of going back to earlier when I said, you've got to look at things from a proactive stance. If you find that you have an area of interest in IT, Okay, IT is something that you may not have to have a college degree, you may, depending upon what role you go into. But if that's something that's interesting to you, 
then you've got to put forth the energy and the effort that when you do have an opportunity to go into that space, you're prepared for the job force. I think right now there's a lot of reactionary based solutions in place of not even, you know, we don't even think about these things. Debbie, I know I didn't. <laughs> like I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but every single step along the way and every single opportunity that I've had has led us to having the ability to serve this market. But it, it had to, it had to be very calculated. I had to get some of these pieces in play and I had to go learn some of these pieces before I could even feel comfortable in leading. It's a long game play. It's not something that happens overnight. Exactly. What perspective do you bring as an athlete, as a former athlete to your position? I mean, teamwork, like I recognize that we have to have a super powered team to bridge this gap, pulling pieces together to ensure that all of the resources that we have with our company, with our team, we're all moving in the same direction and we're all bringing something completely different to the table. That's in hockey. You have to have different hockey players to create a team. It's the same thing in business. In my opinion, there is nothing more critical than the people that you surround yourself with. That's on the field, off the field, whatever you want to talk about. Like it's sports business, whatever it may be. The success of what we're doing is not based on what I'm doing. It's based on what our entire team and company is doing. I bring that perspective to the table. Yeah. They say the sum of your success evolves around your immediate five people that you hang out with. <laughs> I can't claim to know what every single person is going through. I don't claim that at all, but I do have a significant heart for people that have gone from high performance sports into what does that look like for me? How do I provide for my family outside of this environment here? That's something that just fundamentally I'm super passionate about my business partner. She's been working with underserved communities for her entire career. That's her true passion. We're looking at this as how do we create systemic change? I bring that to the table too, is, is big ideas and execution strategies. <laughs> How do you think your life would be different if you weren't involved in sports? People have asked me this uh, before as well. The gymnastics community has been an interesting community for the past several years. That was kind of the time that I was in sports. I don't know what my life would look like, but I just know that having the ability to go from sports into the real world, be surrounded, have a successful business career. I saw kind of a, a little bit of what I wanted to be and what I didn't want to be. I think that fundamentally, I think every single thing that we're involved in or that all of our experiences, they just create who we are today. Having that experience allows me the opportunity to pour passion and heart and joy into these people because I have a true, <laughs> I have a true compassion around it. What would you like people to know about athletes in general? What's, what are some misconceptions? Athletes are incredible employees, but the misconception is if you hire them and do not provide leadership training, it is a bad thing. They do not have all of the answers coming straight out of the game unless they have been working on their business acumen prior to. That is one misconception is I've heard before. We hire athletes because they have grit and discipline. Yes, athletes can thrive off the field in a business career, no doubt about that, but they really truly need a leadership plan because that's what they're, that's what they're used to. Mm -hmm. 
how can they use what athletes know to help them succeed in business? Teamwork, discipline, structure, grit, all of the fun things that we've been talking about. They can use that. That's just instinctly in their nature. They're great team. I mean, they're listeners are used to coaching. I think that if some of those resources are provided, it can be a very powerful tool for them. And most of the time, right, we're conditioned to listen, <laughs> right? In sports, you listen, you've been coached for long. But having that ability to just carry that over, if you have strong leadership, if you have strong mentors, it can be a great resource for these people. For some of the third and fourth line players, they're used to being put in different roles. I, I think of the movie Moneyball, where <laughs> they take the one fellow, <laughs> they put him in first base, and he's never played first base in his life, and he, now he's in the Oakland A's playing first base. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean that they can't play that role. They just need to know yeah. how to do it. Same so thing. I, I would say that'd be similar to going into business. Now you're in a different role and you've got to learn how to do it. Well, there's a lot of opportunities. Like for me, there's a, I used to think that I needed to follow this, this path. And I did, I followed a career path, but you can incorporate the things that you truly do love into your job. It doesn't have to just be this, I guess, suit and tie. Like it doesn't have to just be, be that, like, right? We're having a great time, right? But you, it, it's a path, right? You have to figure out how are you going to get there and be disciplined around that. It doesn't mean you don't have to have sports as part of that. I thought for long I had to be completely out of sports because I was going into the corporate world. And I did for a while. I learned very valuable skills. But now we're kind of at that point where we're intersecting some of this stuff. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, that's a great way to end this. Thank you so much. This was awesome. No, thanks, Debbie, for having me. I really appreciate it.